Hello, Jordan. What's going on, Mikhail? Not much, my man. Our last non-video podcast, and we can't even see each other right now, so it's it's perfect. Yeah, I got to restart my computer. Wait, is this is this the last one where where it's just audio, and then after this, people are actually going to be able to see us? That's the plan. Man, I really hope that works because I think that's gonna it's gonna be a huge shift in the mood of the of the pod. People are going to be able to see your facial expressions. And your facial expressions, I think, are going to be the best. Why do you think that? Because sometimes you'll say things with like a a more serious face, but you're also smiling and it changes the mood. It doesn't come through on the podcast? Yeah, it doesn't come through. Yeah. Mm, mm. I think I'm probably less aware. I have less, uh, not control awareness of how my facial expressions are being perceived than you do because you're the number one seed out of seven <laughs> plus billion at understanding humans and i'm in like the like the 6.4 to 6.6 billion range if we had official rankings yeah we've all got strengths and weaknesses and i'm not going to argue this anymore so <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I was not expecting that. I'm sort of giving up arguing that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. But I'm not that good at judging people like the first time I meet them, right? Like you're really good with that. Your first impression. Yeah. In, In fairness, I think first impressions are hard. I think you actually have to spend some time with someone to get to know their character. But there have been a handful of instances where you had a really good first impression of someone and it went the opposite or someone really might've rubbed you the wrong way or you had a bad gut feeling and they ended up being amazing. I literally have gotten to a point in my life where whatever I think my gut first impression (laughs) is, I have to go the opposite way. Like literally that no matter what happens, whatever my first impression is, if I'm like, oh, that person's awesome. I'm like, fuck, they probably suck. And like, (laughs) if they're, if they're bad in the first impression, I'm like, you know what? I should hang out with them again. They're probably really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you learned that and, and have adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did that the other day. My wife and I went out to dinner, um, with a, a couple from our synagogue, we went out to eat with them and I didn't get like the best vibes at first. And then, and then we went out to dinner with them again and it was actually way better. And then I ended up coaching the guy, the husband, uh, in person. I did an in-person training session with him just for free. I just, he was like, Hey man, I really want to get into fitness. I was like, yeah, come by tomorrow. I'll take you through a whole workout. So put him through a whole workout, which was it was fun to do that. But uh, yeah, it's at first I was like, I don't know if I like these people. And then by the end of the workout, I was like, I like these people. They're, they're cool. <laughs> He's listening to it right now. Like this guy, he didn't like me in that first dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But overall, overall, just that's part of life, you know, learning, figuring out your strengths and weaknesses and first impressions are not my strength. That's for sure. But reading people in general, like reading their mood is something I'm pretty good at. Yeah, you are. You you really are. You had a, if, if this needs to be cut, this can be cut. But you had a really funny statement probably like a week or two ago. I don't know. I was in a bad mood for whatever reason. <laughs> and uh, 
for like an entire afternoon. I really don't, there wasn't anything specific, but I, I guess I just was. And I guess that was coming off. And then the next morning we talked, I was like, I'm in a better mood. And you're like, thank God. Like, I feel like I was talking to my dad for a minute there. <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I forgot about that. No, we don't need to cut that. That it's true. I was like, oh geez. Like, this is a terrible conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just so short and snippy and angry. Ugh. What's wrong with him? Um, you know what we should uh what what would be interesting to elaborate on that we've been talking about for the last day or so and we don't really have any strong takes because it's so new, but just the observation that uh for some search terms or people we're now seeing Google go directly to TikTok or Facebook in that short video section, which is, I mean, who knows what it means, but it's its kind of a crazy potential beginning of a shift. Man, when you sent me that screenshot of your Google search and the, the first thing popping up being these like quick real style videos, the, my, so my I, stomach I, plummeted. I had scrolled down for whatever oh, it's worth. Okay. Like that okay. wasn't the top of Google, but um, yeah, it's it's just it's very interesting. I think this was the one of the first because you know when you get older, as you get older, like throughout your life, you're like oh, I guess I'm old now. I guess I'm old now. This was the first real experience in my life where I was like, oh my god, like I'm getting older because I was truly upset. At, at this shift for Google, like this is the, I was really angry and I still am. I'm like really upset that they're now starting to show short form content on a Google search and not just short form content, but it was directly leading to Facebook and it was directly leading to TikTok, right? And it was, it was directly leading to these social media sites that they usually, they not only do they not really favor them, they, they don't show them at all in search terms, but now it seems like they are. It was like, this is the first time I'm, I was really angry about it. And I was like, man, I'm just getting old. This is what happens when people get older. It's this like, as things change, they get super upset about it. I was like, this is it. We're going down as a society. It's like, <laughs> no, no more. I want, like, you to, I, want, I want you to elaborate. Why did it make you angry? Uh, ob I mean, obviously the whole, um, I still very strongly believe in long form content, but the more Google will, the more Google, cause it, it doesn't come up for every term now, but I'm sure it eventually will, where the more Google begins to favor short form content, the less long form content is going to be not going to say it's less important, but it's not going to be as easy to find. It's already difficult to rank for long form content. So it's just going to make it even more difficult. So like, it's just, it's going to be, even more challenging, which is disappointing. And and it upsets you because you know that objectively for certain subjects and more complex subjects specifically, that long form content is the only way that it can be properly taught or articulated. And in a 60 second video or 90 second video or three minute video, you can't fully, no matter how good the video is, it isn't sufficient to teach that subject. Correct. Because people who really want to learn something can't learn enough nuance in a three minute video. They, they need these longer form, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts, whether it's articles, books, whatever it, you need long form content to really become 
a true master in that subject to actually like really learn it and learn the whys and the hows and the what's and the where's like a three minute video, which by the way, three minute videos, they're not created with intent to give all nuance. You can't give all nuance in three minutes. And oftentimes so much of that three minutes is done specifically with the intent of getting your attention and keeping your attention, not with the intent of educating. That's one of the benefits of the long form content. It's far less about grabbing attention and far more about let's dive into the specifics of this topic so you can truly understand it. So to see that now Google is sort of jumping on that, I'm like, ugh, this really sucks. I'm not hesitant to go that far just yet, only because the search term, I was searching for Gunna, who's a hip hop artist who uh, was arrested recently. And I I came on a random Spotify radio channel during my workout. I came across a song he was featured on. I was like, oh, what happened? Like, what's the deal with his case? What's going on? I didn't even know what he was arrested for. Um, and, And so I just typed his name into Google, Gunna, expecting something. And there weren't any, like, I don't even think the news section was there on Google. It was uh, like his Instagram was up there and then something else. But then that it was a section titled short videos that had four videos, a couple of like, you know, short Facebook videos and a TikTok in there. But then I Googled after that, I Googled how to lose fat. And it was all links to long form articles on page one of Google. So I, I don't know that the like assumption that that is that short videos are going to take over all of the attention is one that we can jump to just yet. I was really surprised when YouTube came out with the shorts. Like I always thought YouTube would be like, Hey, we are a long form content platform, but now, you know, with the short, I mean, it's just, it's, they they have the shorts tab, which I didn't know until you told me that yesterday. I didn't realize they have an entire tab for it. I, I really think what's, what it's coming down to is, advertising because what that's what these platforms are whether it's instagram whether it's facebook whether it's google whether it's youtube they're they're not social media they're not search engines they're advertising platforms that's what they really are and i think they're realizing that they're losing advertising dollars by not having these short form pieces of content that keeps people people's attentions for a much longer period of time so they added it in just so that they can continue to make money, which it's their business, totally their right. It's just for me, it's both disappointing, disheartening, and I I don't know if I should say worrisome, but more just, I think more disappointing, to be honest. You know, what's insane is that for TikTok to have, you know, TikTok acquired Musical.ly, is is that what happened several years back? I don't even really I remember, believe so, but it, it yeah. was musically then TikTok and TikTok has not been around very long before Instagram made reels copying that format and in YouTube, I don't remember if it was before or after shorts which are all basically TikToks, that that style of content. It must be such a like the, the difference in time on app must be so drastic between that style of content and a long t- long form YouTube video or like, you know, an Instagram feed post or even like the normal Instagram video th- that was in the feed for all of these 
social media companies to just be making the exact same style of content highly prioritized, people must be spending so much time scrolling through whatever, we'll call it reels, we'll call it TikToks, but that style. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I remember when I first got on TikTok a couple of years ago, I was I would easily, easily be on for 30 minutes without realizing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is this is a problem. And that's why I ended up getting off because I was like, I can't I can't be doing this. But now it's every platform. It's so easy to be sucked in. And and there's so many different aspects on each, especially Instagram, right? Where you have you could look at your feed, you could look at reels. You could look at people's stories. You could go to DMs. Like there's so much within the that single platform. It's like you could spend so long on it without realizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I get different uh, subject matter on each of the platforms, which is really interesting. And, and I don't really consume much on Instagram still, but my shorts on YouTube are like chess, like random like chess finishes or openings, uh, random poker hands or like lifting stuff. And then my TikToks are all just funny, like just a, a random assortment of funny stuff. But it's it's all that same style. I, there's there's something really interesting and fascinating about it. And and I don't think your worry is completely misplaced. Like I don't even know how to articulate the idea of like if your mind skips Rather, let's say you spend an hour reading a, a difficult book. Let's say let's say you read not even a difficult book. Let's say you read an hour reading Mark Ripito's Practical Programming, and com- and so you're literally consuming one quote unquote idea. Like you're you're fully focused and engaged on learning one concept. You know your mind might wander a little bit, but that's your focus for the hour. Now let's pretend that you spend. You know, people aren't consuming whole TikToks or whole reels. If you're not into it after five seconds, you're swiping up. So in one hour, let's say you average 60 seconds each or or 30 seconds each rather, that's 120 different like shifts to different subjects in your mind. Like what is that doing? And I'm worried about this for myself, like from a consumption perspective, what is that? Like how much of that am I retaining? How much of that is useful? Like... (laughs) I, I don't know. It's, it's And what habits are you developing, right? Where it's like I sometimes in a book, like using Mark Ripito's book, which is an amazing book, by the way, it's using that as the example. Sometimes you have to read like five to seven pages before you get to a point in which, oh, now everything I just read makes sense. And this one tiny paragraph is now now brought it all together. To where this, okay, now everything I just read for the last 40 minutes makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like that doesn't happen in a TikTok or a reel or a short. And if you're training yourself to just, okay, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna finish watching this because right now it doesn't make sense to me, that's like that's concerning as well, just for the consumer, for the habitual uh your habits that you're creating in terms of learning. If you're not understanding it within the first five seconds, you're just going to leave. Like that's, and mm-hmm. I, and this, mm-hmm. I know I sound like an old curmudgeon, right? I get it. I, this is a, the most old curmudgeon-y I think I've ever sound <laughs> sounded, but it's that now I'm like, fuck man, this is, this is bad. <laughs> let's, let's not get it twisted though. You might as an individual have your, 
uh, perception and opinions and thoughts on how this will influence future generations in society, et cetera, et cetera. But as someone who is interested in helping people grow their business, like there's a reason that we launched a new challenge in the mentorship literally yesterday with, I mean, it was going to be a short form content focus regardless, but without divulging too much detail, like a hyper emphasis on this style of content because we see it working for so many people. Like we might think, oh, I wouldn't want my eight-year-old spending four hours a day swiping through these things. However, for someone who's trying to put food on the table for their family and wants to do meaningful work and wants to grow their online fitness business, it's like, you're going to go to where the attention is and you're going to create good, useful, helpful content there obviously in addition to long form. And that's always been a, uh, something that we've talked about here on the podcast is do both. Like you should be making long form content and you should be making short form content, but there's a reason that we're, uh, we're taking this knowledge and, and using it. And who knows, maybe Jordan, if you, (laughs) where would you assign the odds that I'm making five TikToks a day at some point in the next Nine months. Zero percent. Ooh. So how much would you be willing to, I mean, it, it can't <laughs> actually be zero because nothing's divisible by zero. If you divide by zero, you, it, it doesn't work. Uh, so what kind of odds? Would you give me a hundred to one odds? Yeah, I'll give you a hundred to one odds. And how much can I bet with you on this? <laughs> for Well, how long, let's talk about for how long is this duration of five TikToks a day going for? Five TikToks a day for... Well, you tell me. No, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> okay, for 30 days. And this is going on Instagram, TikTok, is it also YouTube shorts? Yes. Five a day for 30 days straight? I think you're in your mind right now, you're like, it's worth it to lose money to him to make him do this. <laughs> <laughs> the, there, there has to be context given to everyone listening because... For like, it's funny, but it's also like for everyone who who's listening, the you wouldn't believe the number of conversations that Mike and I have had privately, especially in the last year, where Mike has been like, "I really need to get on social again, so like I can push the book and do all this stuff." <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe how many of these conversations that we've had. Where he's like, "I'm gonna do it. A I'm few. gonna do it." And a few, <laughs> and few. now it's we're literally five days out from the book being the launched. The book hasn't you- even released yet. You just <laughs> wait. You just wait for the banger of a post on release date. Book is released. Go buy now. Right oh. hook. Link in bio. I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, Give so me these yeah, odds, hundred to one odds for. I mean, for thirty days. Well, what? So let's say I put a hundred bucks on that. You would owe me 10000 if I win. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's real money. <laughs> what if, what if, hang on. What if I put 10000 on it and then if I did it, oh, and for a year. For a year, I would definitely do that. You do it and I could put 10K down. So if I lost, I owed you 10K. But if I won, you'd owe me a million. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you you said zero percent like you set these odds you can adjust the odds you could it, how about 30 to one mike you know i'm not good with math you're really that's just why playing on. 
No, I'm not. I'm try- I'm helping you. I just made the odds more in your favor. All right, thirty to one. What would that be? Thirty to one. If I put ten k down, you'd have to give me three hundred thousand. If I did it, I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> just because the so, crypto so you, market is down does not. <laughs> so you have a lot of faith in me. <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot of faith in me. No, just I, you know how my mind works. It's not that I have a lot of faith in you. It's that the idea of losing that much money scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Well, then it sounds like you're pretty confident. I would be too. How about 20 to one? How about, how about this? (laughs) We don't need, we don't need to make this bet. If anyone else out there is a real gambler and wants to make this bet, email us at fitnessbusinessmentorship.com. That's a good uh, idea. I actually don't, I, I don't even know if this is legal, to be honest. So actually don't email us about making the bet. Just continue listening and enjoying. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't even know where we were. I, I just kept thinking Shorts, about when- TikToks, reels. <laughs> when you said, don't get it twisted, I was like, that is the most Gary thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> don't get it twisted because we're doing it too. We're, <laughs> I mean, we're giving yeah. the mentorship this challenge, which which is true. Oh, and that's what I was going to talk about was, uh, for example, I made a reel yesterday, which by the way, Instagram recently changed their reel length. So now it can be 90 seconds, which I find interesting. This is an interesting sort of spin. I'm going to go back on what I was saying. So TikToks used to be like, well, actually, if we're going to go really far back, um, remember how in, like in the OG days of Instagram, there were like 15 seconds, like a video could only be 15 seconds on your feed. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yes. If you if you go back to like the, the OG Instagram days, videos were like 15 seconds and and they couldn't be more than that. And then they went up to like 30 seconds and then they went up to a minute and then they added the slide feature. So then you could add multiple one minute videos next to each other. Um, And then, so then sort of skipping around TikTok, it was, I think at first, I don't think it started off as a minute at first. I feel like it started off with like 15 seconds, 30 seconds a minute. Now TikToks are all the way up to three minutes and Instagram just recently increased their real length to 90 seconds. I'm sure that'll probably increase up to three minutes at some point, depending on how the three minutes do on, on TikTok. But, you know, this is actually interesting because they started off really short, but now they're trying to increase the length. I, I would assume based on the data they're seeing, well, how long are people watching for? And maybe do creators need a longer amount of time in order to get their message across? Um which is interesting because they're sort of unknowingly going towards longer form content. But so I made a reel yesterday, a 90 second reel with 30, 30 of my favorite high fiber foods, which interestingly, like that could easily have been a long form website article, 30, the, the top 30 high fiber foods. And that could have been a 2000, 2,500 word article easy. Um, but I fit all that in 90 seconds and it turned out to be really good. It got a lot of saves, a lot of shares. It was a, actually a very, very popular piece of content. And it was interesting because people were like, this is, this was super helpful. Like I, I, I didn't know about these, these different types of foods or, oh, I didn't, I, I eat these foods. I didn't know so high in fiber or, oh, I didn't realize these foods had high fiber. So it is interesting because it is an opportunity to educate 
the masses just without without nuance. So like there isn't as much nuance. And if you watch the video, I was wearing a wig, I was wearing my doctor uniform, I was I was chugging water and then burping. I was wearing like the stethoscope and doing funny stuff with that. So clearly doing things to get and keep people's attention. There was really not much nuance in there at all, as much just like an informative, hey, here are 30 foods with high fiber. But, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But there is an opportunity for for more informative posts as the videos get longer duration. But the the sort of the crux of that is, as your videos get longer, especially on a platform and in a type of content that is specifically like it requires a tremendous amount of attention. If you're going to do longer form content on that style of platform, you need ways to keep their attention. You need to do things that are, are weird or odd or shocking in a way. Like even something as simple as jump cuts can be very, very helpful, but you need to do things to keep their attention when, especially when it's on a style of content that is specifically made for short form content. What are, because this is something I have not historically thought about. What are some strategies other than humor, which is one that you use very effectively to uh, maintain attention that, that aren't just like that are separate from the actual content that's being delivered? So there, there's a bunch. So I think the most important is jump cuts. And this has nothing to do with humor or anything, but by having quick jump cuts where there's no pauses, there's no ahs or ums or hmms or like having quick jump cuts is I think the most universal way to keep people's attention and just help help to keep them watching. So that's number one. You don't need humor or anything for that. Just take the extra, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to jump cut the video in an app and it's it's easy. So that's number one. The next thing is captions. Now, captions historically take longer just because of, um, you know, you have to write out the caption by hand. Recently, you know, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and even Instagram now auto-populate captions if you want. Now, for whatever reason, Instagram has not auto-populated captions on Reels, but what you can do is you can upload the Reel to your story auto-populate the captions in your story and then save that story to your phone and then upload that story as a reel with the captions auto-populated. So that way you'll have the captions there if you don't want to do them by hand. You, but, you don't do that because they're not that accurate? No, they're actually unbelievably accurate. It it's, blows my mind uh, at how accurate they are. I don't get it. They populate within five seconds and they're like 98% accurate. It's ridiculous. Um, weren't you testing doing them on InShot though or was that just for different style it's a different style and i, I like this and that was actually what i was going to talk about next because when you the way that instagram does it and the way that tiktok does it and the way that facebook does it and youtube does it it's just it's a long line of caption and i know instagram has several different options but they're they're all like longer and slightly slower with the when I do it myself and the the videos that I notice getting the best engagement, each caption line is only like one or two words. So you see not only the jump cuts, but the words changing super quickly as well. Mm -hmm. And and that is another way to keep people's attention because if you just have like a a full sentence and it stays on the screen for three to five seconds, it's going to sound crazy to us, but that will lose people's attention more quickly than if you have 
two words on the screen for an eighth of a second and then two words and two words and two words and one word and two words. It's harder to do that. It takes more time in the post-editing process. Um, But that is another way to keep people's attention is for when you're doing your captions and you can do it on InShot very easily. It's just it's just time consuming and tedious, but it is a really good way to keep people's attention, um, changing the size of the words throughout. Like, so it's not just like one continuous stream of the same size and same font. It's like changing the size of the fonts. Ch- this is something that I'll do is as I'm talking, I'll change the canvas of my video. So sometimes it's a normal distance away, then I'll zoom in on my face and then I'll zoom back out. And then if I'm saying like, just do this every, like on just, I'll zoom in a little bit more and then do, I'll zoom in a little bit more. And then this, I'll zoom in even more. And then boom, I'll come back out to the end. These are all things that help keep people's attention, keep them involved within the video. It almost seems as if there, there's like movement with the camera, even though the camera is still, it creates this false sense of movement that keeps them engaged more and almost like they're speaking directly with you. So these are all just simple you're, editing you're, you're tips. You're doing those you're doing all of those edits in InShot? Dude, InShot is amazing. I do all of this in InShot. I I can I can do so much with it. It's it's even the free version is fantastic. The paid version is like 20 bucks for a lifetime. It's not 20 bucks a month. It's 20 bucks for a lifetime. I'm not sponsored by them at all. Um they don't even know who I am. I recently followed them on Instagram because their Instagram is amazing. They have tons of helpful tips on how to use InShot uh, for editing. And it's just, it's super, super helpful. That's actually where I learned how to do the captions on, in, on InShot. They made it a, a simple, simple, easy tutorial on how to make them way easier. Again, it's tedious and it will add for, for a 90 second video, it'll probably add about 25 to 30 minutes before I publish it just because it's going to take that time to do all those captions. But worth it for the engagement. I mean, if you're going to spend time making a video, you, you might as well make it so that more people see it and watch it the whole way through. Um, but yeah, InShot does all of that. And and I can do rewinds on it and I can do zoom ins and I can do slow motions and I can change the color of it, like make it black and white. Like there's so much you can do. It's actually, it's amazing. I'm sort of pissed off that I spent a couple thousand on a video editing software on my computer several years ago that I used like four times. Um, because InShot well, is just so easy. Yeah. Obviously, this is an exaggeration. Like, I used it more than that, and I still use it for inner circle videos and stuff. But uh, And you yeah. and that was for longer form videos, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it on a 30-minute video. That would suck. Yeah. And and you also, you also learned that, like, editing a 30-minute YouTube video is tedious and hard, not something that you wanted to be doing constantly. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, these 90 second videos or 60 second videos on InShot are super easy, very helpful. Um, so yeah, those are all just that those are all just like you don't need any humor or any redeeming qualities for that stuff. That's just learning video editing on the app. Um, I think another way to keep people's attention is this is actually something that I've been doing. So for example, if you watch the video I did yesterday um, with the 30, 30 high fiber foods, Within the first, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds of the video, there's a a shot of me using my stethoscope, uh, but like tapping on it. I was tapping on it and trying to hear myself talk into it. That was not done for the video. That was literally like in between shots. I was like, oh, I wonder how well this works. And I was just like tapping on it. And I put that in the video just because that was like actually what I was doing. And it was funny. 
It was just, mm. it was a funny shot of me doing that. So sometimes, for example, let's say I'm doing a video and my wife starts talking to me and I'm like, what'd you say? And some people would get mad or, or like they would like, oh, the shot's ruined. Put that in the video. Yeah. It's funny. Like people, mm-hmm. it, it shows you're real. It shows like what the process of, of making the video was like. It actually adds humor to it literally without you trying. Um, so sometimes just taking random shots of you while the video was running is super helpful to break it up, make it really quick. Uh, there was one time I was going to go take a sip of water. So I just chugged water and I put the video of me chugging water that like 1.2 second clip of me chugging water in that video as well. Like had nothing to do with it. And I, I didn't plan it. It's just, I drank water in the middle of it. So I put that in there. So sometimes just having it broken up with things completely unrelated to the video is enough to keep people's attention. Did you know that in Wolf of Wall Street, when Leo and Matthew McConaughey are sitting down to lunch and McConaughey's doing that like thing on his chest? Oh, I love that scene. Did you know that he was actually doing that between scenes because it's like some practice that he has and Leo was like, what's what's that thing you're doing before every take? Like, what is that? And uh, and he was like telling him, it calms me down or I don't remember what it was, but he was like, let's, let's run, because they already had it. They did four or five takes. They had what they needed of that scene. And Leo was like, let's do one more, but like do that. And they turned the cameras on and he just like did that. And it was this amazing like, moment that i did not know that yeah that's one of my favorite scenes of all time (laughs) it's literally Mm. what he was doing between scenes yeah let's hear it Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that that's so funny and they improved that whole bit yes wow that's that makes it even cooler yeah yeah um (laughs) cool i i also like uh like ver- two very simple ones are good lighting. So like have the light coming toward your face and uh, and smile. Like if it's a normal educational video on any platform where you're delivering information, smile while you're talking rather than just, you know, be completely stoic is going to help uh, uh, not only time on video, but also just the way that you are perceived by the person watching. Yeah. Yep. Do, do you ever, do you ever like laughing? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Basically, I would imagine that the humor you put into your videos is the humor that you expect to get the best reaction. And if so, are you ever disappointed in the average humor level of like the average human being on earth? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because there's a lot of times where I don't want to wear like a Kenzie wig or do any, like it would be way easier for me to do a technique video where it's just me explaining it. Mm -hmm. Like way easier, way less time. And honestly, probably more effective from a teaching perspective. But I know that people are going to have a way better, a way more fun and enjoyable time watching Kenzie try and do an exercise and then me explaining it. But the unfortunate part of that is that means there's less time for me to actually explain things and it's it's not as in-depth as I would like it to be. Mm. But yeah, it's sometimes disappointing because I'm like, you guys fucking are, are really just gonna enjoy this way more with her in there, so... <laughs> I'll yeah. put this fucking wig on and I'll, I'll make some mistakes and I'll, I'll correct them. But 
it's not going to reach nearly as many people if I don't do that. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It reaches more people, probably better engagement on average. And you know, if more people still get the the general takeaways, the two or three things they need to change about their RDL, even if it wasn't as technical of a video, like it's probably better that you're reaching more people. Correct. The whole the old adage, you have to give them what they want in order to give them what they need. It's it's if if I didn't do that, they probably wouldn't have seen the video at all or they wouldn't have made it even a quarter of the way through. So at least they have a little bit of something now to like, cool. So now they know their foot position, where they should be driving from. Maybe they don't know like all of the the nuance and details, but you know, they're not going to get that even in the, on the best of days and the best of videos, they're not going to get all of the nuance and all, even if I was there with them in person, like they can't get every single thing down. So at least they're getting a little bit, they're learning, they're enjoying themselves. Honestly, that's one of the things that I've realized that's part of my job on social media is if I could just make someone laugh or smile, then I did my job for that day. It doesn't necessarily have to be like I completely changed your perception of health and fitness. If I could just brighten your mood so that you feel a bit better, so then, you know, you can go on a walk, maybe you can eat eat a little bit better, you can be a better spouse, whatever it is, like, cool, I did my job today. And that's not only from a fitness and health perspective, it's also a branding perspective as well. I, I think one of the best ways that I could describe brand, because when a lot of a lot of fucking business gurus and masterminds always talk about brand, brand, brand. And I'm always like, what is brand? Like what define brand? And they never know how to explain it in a really definitive way. And the best way that I, I figured out how to do explain brand is how do people feel when they think about you? Mm. That's what your brand is. When they hear your name, what emotion comes up? And so for me, if, if people can immediately smile or, or just like feel good at the thought of my name, that's, that's a good brand. That, that's sort of where I think about that. I like that. Should we dive into some questions? Let's dive into some questions, brother. We got Nick here saying question based on your urging I have, and this is uh you know, he was on the email list and, and sent in an email based on your urging. I have three times attempted to train friends for free, but each time they stop responding to my messages and do not continue with the program I create for them. I would like to know if this is common or not for aspiring trainers to face. Is it a case of me training people who are not ready for behavior change? Can I continue my communication and accountability? Can I improve my communication and accountability strategies? I know you need more details to confidently answer these last two questions. No, we, we can definitely give some some good answers based on this information. This is great information. Uh, starting off, just number one, it's completely and 100% normal for that to happen. Not just with someone who you're coaching for free, by the way. That'll happen even with people are paying you three or $400 a month. There are still people who do that. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, it, it's not really something that that coaches share on social media. Coaches aren't being like, so I just have a client who's been paying me for four months who's ghosted me, isn't replying or not doing anything. Uh, they're not <laughs> saying that. What they're doing is they're, they're showing you the top 1% of their clients who are making amazing progress. And for them, it's a marketing strategy. It's also, you know, they're very proud of those clients, which is great, uh, but it's, it's a marketing strategy. But they're not gonna show off their business and how great their coaching is by saying, yeah, my client ghosted me. So yes, this is very normal, very common. Um, unfortunate, very unfortunate 
and and honestly quite frankly mind-blowing in in many ways that people would do that but you know it's i think we all do that in, in areas of our life i think we all have our strengths and weaknesses and um it all it happens for sure so that being said it is more likely with clients who you're training for free i think it's also more likely when you're at the beginning of your career than once you've established yourself as a as a legitimate professional because usually when you're at the beginning of your career, you're working oftentimes with friends or family, people who've known you for a while. And by nature, it's going to be harder for them to take you seriously because they've known you forever. Um, so it, it will be more difficult for them. But even if it's if it's a legitimate client, someone that you, you met because of your work, when you're not as fully established yet, it, it, there is... Um, a greater likelihood that they're not going to be following through. They're not going to, they will ghost you, which is, is as you become more and more established and more well-known and that I don't mean famous. I just mean more known for what you do and you get more referrals and people coming to you, you're going to get more people who are less likely to drop off and ghost you. So it, I think it's very common for coaches to be like, yeah, don't give coaching away for free. You devalue your service and, and, uh, and they're not going to follow it. Like some of my best clients I coached for free. And literally, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I coached someone for free the other day. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of coaching people for free, especially when you haven't built your business yet. But it is important to understand that this is normal. It's common. It's going to happen. And as you grow and improve as a coach and as a business owner, and it, it, it will happen less, but it will always happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. And it's still, it's a win-win when you're starting your business. It's a win for the person who is getting free coaching, whether or not that person is utilizing the service you're providing them. And like Jordan said, someone who is paying for something is far more likely to implement it, not always, but far more likely than someone who doesn't have any skin in the game. Um, and the win for the coach is you're just getting started. Maybe you have some in-person training experience, maybe you do not, but whether you're in-person or online, when you're just getting started, coaching people for free is going to one, help you become a better coach. It's going to help you uh, like technically become a better coach if you're coaching people for free in person. And it's going to help you build your systems and understand how online coaching works if you're coaching people for free online. Uh, the other thing that it's going to do is Jordan just mentioned, you know, coaches not showing off the bottom third of their client roster, people who maybe haven't responded to an update in a month and a half, but that top few percent who are really killing it are really good marketing. And, and that's why coaches use those progress pictures as marketing because it's very effective. Um, and so through coaching people for free, so let's say you just, let's say you get started in your first year of coaching, you don't get any paid clients or maybe you get one paid client. I, I didn't have any paid coaching clients in my first year of coaching, but let, let's just say you get one paid client compared to if you worked with 15 or 20 free clients during that time, you're going to much more quickly build up uh, testimonials, whether those are just purely written or written and photo, uh, which is going to lead to you getting more paid clients faster. And so, yeah, working people, working with clients for free early on in your career is a very, very good idea. Don't listen to the gurus. And, uh, and Nick, yes, it's very common for both paid and free clients not to have incredible adherence and uh and that's okay it's part of the game yep and and this i can't go forward without saying this we have an entire course on how to improve client adherence 
and motivation and client psychology, all of that in the mentorship. So if you still haven't joined the mentorship, not really sure what you're waiting for, Nick and everybody else, but you can join at the link in the show notes <laughs> if you'd like. We have This is what we talk about all the time. So we have two live Q&As every month. We have uh, like tons of courses and, and like in-depth video courses, not 90-second fucking clips, like hours on hours on hours courses. So if you're really looking to be an expert in this, join the mentorship. We'll help you there. 100%. We would love to see you on the inside. Uh, our guy Jeff here had a question about um, the best our way guy of, Jeff. Our, our guy, guy Jeff. JJ. <laughs> we don't, you know, he, he emailed, he listens to the pod. He's our guy. I'll take it from the top just so you can have, co- I was going to jump to the question, but I'll give you context on why he's our guy. Hey guys, my name's Jeff. I'm from Arizona and I found your podcast a little over a month ago. I just want to say thank you for all the advice you gave, especially with finding an apprenticeship, as you mentioned in one of your older episodes. After taking your advice, and by the grace of God, I was able to find a job as a personal trainer within just a few weeks. I've been oh, he's avidly our guy. Tra- he's our he guy. He's our guy. I've been avidly trying to finish my certification for a couple months now, but it's difficult due to my full-time job. But I just recently found this job as a personal trainer, which is what I've been wanting to do for a few years now. And it was partly due to the advice that you two gave. And then he went on to say, I wanted to ask you what you would say from experience, the best way of setting up rapport with clients. For context, the gym is starting me off with 13 different clients whose trainer just recently left. And I'm the trainer stepping in to pick them up. How would you recommend setting up a firm foundation for my relationship with each client so they don't quit at the beginning? I fear that I won't be as good as their previous personal trainer and want and want them to trust that I will do my best to help them. What are both of your thoughts? Man, Jeff is our fucking guy. Jeff's our guy. He is. I love that. I love all of that. What a great, great introduction. Great question. Very thoughtful. Very kind. I like that a lot. Me too. So- well, What's up? Continue. (laughs) There are a number of ways that you can build a rapport with your clients. But honestly, where I'm going to begin is this. Everything that you just said, I think you should say to your clients the first time that you meet with them. Like, I, I don't know if he's met with them yet, but I think you should say exactly what you just said to us, to them. You should say, hey, listen. I'm super excited about this. I've been I've been wanting to be a coach for several years. I've been studying a lot and I this is my passion and I'm so excited to be here. I know I'm the replacement and I know that that your previous coach left. I'm very worried that you're not going to like me and that you're going to leave because I'm not as good as your last coach. And I wanted to tell you this just because I want to start off by being fully honest and open with you. I want you to know you can come to me for anything you want, anything you need. I'm here to help. Uh, I'm not looking to try and uh, be a replacement of your last coach, but I do want to be a, 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 I want to be the best coach for you that I can possibly be. So If there are things that you like or things that you don't like, please tell me. If there's anything I can do to improve, I'm all ears. Any constructive criticism is always welcome. And I just wanted to be upfront with you from the very beginning. I think if you start off like that with your clients, they're going to be like, this is our fucking guy. Mm. Mm. 100%. I love that. It reminded me of Gary's uh, say that. Yeah, exactly. Just say that. Yeah. You know, the... the, uh, yeah, there are people who who have preyed on the trend that authenticity does well on social and in life. And so 
you know, there we're probably we probably have a surplus of quote unquote authenticity and vulnerability on the internet right now, which is really just people sharing, oversharing personal details for heightened engagement and you know, contrived online relationships. That being said, being authentic and being honest and being open and being vulnerable is still uh I don't want to say strategy. It's just like a really good way to approach new relationships and and human interactions. And um, so I, I love everything you said, Jordan. Um, people can tell when it's real though. Like some people can. I, <laughs> that's true. It's like, for example, the the people sitting down with their roles on social media and being like, look, I have fat too. Like, all right, we fucking get it. We know that this went viral and we know this is a really good Do way to get you, followers. Like, you, we get you, it. Like you get it. You get it. I was literally this past weekend, I was at a friend's wedding and there was someone who was like, I just love when these influencers like post when that like their body doesn't look perfect. Like that's just like, that's just so real. And I just crave that. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> 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 so, so it's played out for you, but it's still like, it's they it love still it. hits with a lot. Yes, people they love, love it. it. They love oh it. man, you're resp- I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to reply in situations like that. Like, oh, good. I'm glad you like that. That's so cool. You're following some real influencers. <laughs> <laughs> It's like those aren't fat rolls. That's your skin. And when exactly. You sit, <laughs> the thing is, though, I distinctly remember. Like, I I don't know if I actually ever posted it or not. We'd have to scroll back, but definitely like 2014 range, or maybe even before. Having that thought, like, you know, let's show them. Let's show them what it really is. But it's like, nah, that's skin rolls. Like, there's man, you started that trend. No, it existed before then. Well, you started the infographic trend. I, I did start the equals and alternatives trend. I just executed it poorly, gave up too early, and uh, burnt myself out. Candle doesn't burn at both ends. <laughs> well, it does. just burns really fast. <laughs> yeah, it burns fast. You need a big candle. <laughs> uh, but no, real authenticity is, is still severely lacking. And so I, I completely agree. I think that's great advice for our guy, Jeff. We got one more cool question here, which is from uh, Shivam. Shivam says, hi, Jordan and Mike. Um, From our girl Shivam, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time now. I love it. Listening to you guys is like having a virtual mentor. (laughs) Ha ha. Also, I love it when you guys dive deep into a topic and keep going on while sharing personal experiences like when you spoke about performing lat pull downs oh that let all right more of that to come we've actually been been talking about that on the sidebar recently um i had one question for you guys since a change in both building a business and health and fitness uh, uh, since changing in both building a business and health and fitness is so similar what would you say would be the best way to track progress for building a business you know just like clients, it would be regularly tracking weight, girth measurements, photos, uh, and how do you compare the process versus outcome? 
I know it is probably more than just one question, but it would be great to have some clarity on this. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Great question. What do you think about that, Mike? I think that... I think that being process-oriented, so uh, are you executing on the tasks that you're supposed to that will lead to the outcome that you want? I think that in the short term, it is by far the better strategy to focus on how adherent you are to the process. Like your client would focus on, for nutrition, for one example, uh, how how close they are to their calories or their macros on a day-to-day basis. They're not going to focus on the outcome, the scale going up and down and bouncing around, but they're going to focus on how close they were to hitting their targets. That's a process-oriented goal. Um, for business, it would be you know, if, if your goal is to be posting three reels a day and doing two long-form articles a month, uh, I would evaluate my business progress based on how close I was to my goals. Mm. Not to how many new clients I get, not to how many likes my stuff's getting, not to how, none of the outcome, but the process in the short term, right? Because you could be doing an amazing job with the process in the short term and the outcome new clients isn't happening, but that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. You're, you're still on the right track. You still should be following that process. Now, in a five-year window to say like, just be process-oriented, don't be results-oriented or don't be outcome-oriented. Uh, like, <laughs> let's say you go five years, you post five reels a day for five years and you get zero new coaching clients. Like, you need you're to find doing, a new career. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> like you can't at, at that time frame, you can't just look at the process and be like, but I've put, I, you know, I haven't missed a single day except for Christmas 2018. But like I had to visit my grandma and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have internet. But every other day I posted <laughs> five per day. I'm nailing it like process oriented. It's like now in, in a longer time horizon, you can evaluate uh, the success of your business based on the result based on what you are trying to make happen. But in the, in the day-to-day, week-to-week, even month-to-month, evaluate yourself on how closely you're, on how, how adherent you are getting to the gym, on the intensity of your training sessions, on how, how close you are on your nutrition. But over a five-year window, you're gonna assess, okay, my goal was to be able to do a chin-up. Did I accomplish that goal? My goal was to lose 50 pounds of body fat and, and get into like a healthy weight range. Did I accomplish that goal? Over a long window, we evaluate based on results. In the short term, we evaluate based on how adherent we are to our processes. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm going to say um, one of the best things I learned from Louis Simmons, rest in peace, was learning how to always find a way to to find a new personal record. And, and so in the gym with Louis, what we would do is he would every single week we would go for a new personal record. And actually basically every single day, but it wasn't in the, in the sense like, okay, we're going to do a regular squat or a regular bench press or regular deadlift and hit a new personal record. It was always with a different variation. So it was like a deficit deadlift, a one inch deficit deadlift, a half inch deficit deadlift, a two inch deficit deadlift, a one and a half inch deficit deadlift, a one inch deficit deadlift versus chains, one inch deficit deadlift versus bands. Uh, like you have all of those different variations. And for each individual variation, you have a new personal record. And just by changing a variation ever so slightly, you've established a new record. So literally every time you go to the gym, even if it's a a bad day, 
you're still going to hit a new personal record. And I've carried that over to a lot of my life in terms of always being able to find, well, what, what did I do really well? Like what did well here? Like what did I hit a new personal record on? And sort of looking at your business in the same way can be very, 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 very helpful. And so I a hundred percent agree with Mike in terms of, especially at the beginning, being more process oriented. But I remember when I very first started my business, before I knew that it could be a business, if I got one person liking my Facebook post, which by the way, if you if you like scroll down my personal Facebook page, you'll see posts from 2011, 2012, 2013 with like maybe one or two likes on it, then there were fitness posts. Like if I got one person liking it, I was like, cool. That was, I'm done. Awesome. Like that was my win for the day. Had nothing to do with followers, had nothing to do with any making money. It was just cool. Someone liked it. If someone messaged me and said, Hey, this was really helpful. Boom. Done. Like accomplished. That piece of content was worth it. Things are going well. And in today's world, I think sometimes people are too focused on comparing themselves to others and looking at followers and looking at at all these other metrics, which frankly, they do matter. I'm not going to say they don't matter, but they're not the most important, especially when it comes to you staying consistent and doing what you need to do for the process along the way. So for me, getting a, getting a like from someone, getting a comment, getting a message, these were all records for me. These were all right, awesome. That whole piece of content was worth it now. Um, So when you're sort of analyzing the success of your business, you can look at likes, you can look at comments, you can look at shares, you can look at followers. These are all valid metrics, but they are by no means the most important metrics at all. Obviously, in terms of true business growth, the the most important, the most important number realistically is how much money are you bringing in annually? That's really the most important number in terms of purely business growth. It's not number of clients because you could have a hundred clients paying you $7 a month, but like you might be making way more money if you have 25 clients paying you $50 or whatever, $200 a month. I don't know the actual math. So it can't just be total number of clients because there are many ways to manipulate that so that it actually wouldn't be better for you. Uh, it can't be total number of followers. It can't be total likes. It can't be total comments or total shares just because none of those are definitively you making more money annually every year. So I think looking at it from an annually annual perspective year over year income that's what's really going to be the best way to tell uh if your business is growing outside of that process oriented goal um there is always going to come a point where eventually it will stop year over year where like you're generally from what i've seen is for the first like 7 years you can see growth year after year after year and then after year 7 it's very common for people to see a bit of a dip or a drop off or a plateau whatever you want to call it but year over year over year for the first 5 7 10 years it's very common very normal to see that growth and that is a really good number to shoot for the only way you'll achieve that though is by focusing on those process oriented goals so i do like that annual evaluation just to see rather than looking at total number cuz you'll lose clients you'll lose clients in a day in a week in a month you'll lose income in a day in a week in a month but it's not worrying about what's going on right now it's about what's going on at the end of the year i love it let's Let's uh, let's dive in further on something. I'm going to push back, Jordan. Uh, so you only care about making money, and that should be. That <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> you greedy capitalist pig. 
<laughs> Filth. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sort of like I would say um, when we're looking at at numbers that matter, I think every single person would agree that body fat percentage is more important than weight, right? Like mm-hmm. your body mm-hmm. fat percentage is a more important number than your weight. It's not to say that weight doesn't matter, but your body fat percentage, if we're, if someone's trying to lose fat, that is the number that is without question, the most important number for fat loss, like without question, because you could lose weight and lose muscle mass mm-hmm. and your, your actual, like you could, your body composition could, could have a, a negative result on it. You could gain body fat, lose muscle mass. Cool. Like you're less healthy. You're not going towards your goal because your goal is to lose fat, not muscle and not just simply weight. So you could do the the keto diet and do and lose a bunch of water weight, but you're not actually losing fat. So again, we know fat percentage, your, your fat number is the most important number in terms of the, assessing progress towards this specific goal. So progress towards your business goal, if you really want to assess the success of your business, not the success of your coaching, not the success of your clients, the success of your business, then we're going by the number uh, amount of money you're making every year. And if you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to make any more money, then cool, that's fine. Then you've reached ultimate success in that one area. But if we're looking at business success, the money annually is the most important number. We, we need to, we need to like drop this uh, caricature of of the greedy capitalist like 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 steps on any throat like like crushes any person for personal gain which does exist but in a in a huge minority of the population for most people especially in our industry there is a massive overlap between doing good in the world helping people with their goals helping people become healthier and the success of your business, aka making more money. So there shouldn't be any shame about wanting to make more money as a a goal of your business, because that is uh, very much aligned with also doing good and helping people. Like a lot of people think of them as, as separate things and think of one as good and one as bad, but that's absolutely not true. 100% 100% agree. Yeah, that's exactly right. And by the way, you can make more money in your business, but have a really bad business and like not be a good coach. Like that's not what we're advocating. Like you could make a ton of money and sell bullshit. And it's still like from a business perspective, you're evaluating the success of the business based on the money. That's But we're not saying that's a good thing to do. Yeah, who, we, who, we was, want- who was the guy who, uh, I think it was 2015, some like you know, just shredded, like, like, like peds out the gills, like, you know, Instagram, 2014, 2015, massive following had like, I don't remember if it was like 500 or a thousand one-on-one private coaching clients. And the entire time it was, and, and I think it came out because his assistant, this woman who was like, quote unquote, him was she might have actually like they might have had a dispute and she came out and was like by the way anyone oh who is like God. his client it was actually me and uh yeah so that got you know five a, a thousand clients times whatever a month like your business is doing really good air quotes if we were on video but you're doing a terrible job uh, as a coach uh, helping people of of being honest and forthright and ethical so th- there can be a 
it's a Venn diagram. Make more money, help more people is a Venn diagram. You can do both. You can be in the middle, but you can also be on either side. You can also help people and not make more money. You can also make more money without helping people and doing the right thing. We're aiming for the middle. Boom. Boom. Done. Great episode. This was- Great episode. Yeah. This was a banger. Yeah, non-video might be the play. I feel like your sound quality was better today. Is my sound quality usually not that great? No, it's always great, but th- there's maybe it's just because you know I can't see you, so my senses are like my hearing heightened. is maybe a little bit yeah. heightened. Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, like Jordan said earlier, if you haven't joined the mentorship, uh, you can right now today. We would love you to should. have you. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should. That's it. I got another podcast in two and a half minutes. Oh, get them, everyone! Have a great day. We will see you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See ya.